Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Born in Taiwan to Taiwanese and Japanese parents, Asuko Akatsuka is a stand-up comedian, actress, and writer. Since putting out her first hour comedy special in 2018 as part of Hulu's Comedy Invasion series, she's made this short list of comedians to watch by both New York Magazine's Vulture site as well as Time Out LA. Asuko also has written for two different series on Adult Swim, The Andre Show, and Soft Focus with Jenna Friedman. She's the creator and host of Let's Go Atsuko, a woke Japanese game show that's a hit with live audiences at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles, as well as a podcast available everywhere. And she's developing it as a potential TV or streaming vehicle, too. Atsuko released a new stand-up album in 2020, But I Control Me, via Comedy Dynamics. She sat down with me in her Los Angeles home to talk about making it in America as an immigrant, twerking with her grandmother, and so much more. So let's get to it! You have to respect the process. You have to respect the process. Yeah. So, Asko. Hi. Hi. Hi, Sean. Thanks How are for, you? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm good. Sorry you came in and we were in a whirlwind. Well, I don't know when people will be listening to this. Yeah. So, I just have to say for the record. Yeah. Do you feel foolish now joking about the second coming, now that we've seen what's happened? <laughs> it's not coming. It. So no matter when make. someone listens to this, you'll you're, you feel feel pretty secure. I feel per, uh, I feel pretty secure. It's not coming. We might just be living in it, and this is the punishment. Mm. And I think it's just gonna go on for another fifteen years, which is how long we have, right? <laughs> Actually, that would be the most fiendish uh, reveal of all: is that um, Jesus Cristo mm-hmm. did come back and didn't tell anybody. Was just like silently observing us and being like, Oof, "I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna help these people." If I know him at all, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, he would be taking on jobs. I think he he's probably like hiding among civilians for sure, like not, undercover boss. Yeah, yeah, he's like at Trader Joe's, just making sure people are being mm-hmm. kind to each other and stuff. You know, he's you know whatever. Silently judging. He'll take on a job that's more I don't know humble. I mm. guess I don't know. He'll just be like, I don't want to say it because then that's that's saying that it's like a shittier job, but it's not. He, you know, he would be like he would be in the background more. You right. Know? He wouldn't be like front and center, the boss. Right. It would be like undercover. He would be one of the workers, mm-hmm. you know, just checking up on the boss. Right. Not Does a big ego. Sense? Yeah. Yeah. Not a big ego. Right. Yeah. Not a lot of Instagram followers. And Something has to really piss him off. And then he'll <laughs> he'll be like, do you know who you've been talking to? Do you know who you've been treating like shit? <laughs> it's me. It's me. It's me. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be like, oh, my God, he's been working at Whole Foods this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referencing, of course, uh, your new album. What's the name of the album? It's called But I Control Me. But I Control Me. Uh, there's another bit on there about um, Donald Trump that I love because even though, like, right at this moment, people are having a field day about uh, photos revealing his bad spray tan. Yeah. But I love the fact that you you chose that as a premise rather than 
like there's so many tired jokes about Trump that have been made since he got involved in politics. <laughs> I like to think about the person behind the mess, you know? <laughs> right. And right. Somebody did that to him and then sent him out right. into the world looking like that. He's not spray tanning himself. No. He has money. Yeah. He has people. I, I don't picture him, yeah, with his own spray tan machine. No, no, no. There's, no. A, there's a guy out there. <laughs> Who's like purposely making it bad. <laughs> it's kind of an optimistic view, mm-hmm. I think, to be like, we're not alone in this. There's other people fucking things up from the inside. What <laughs> if that's what Jesus' job is? Maybe he is <laughs> Donald Trump's ray tan guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that would, yeah. That's the kind of humility. Right. He's like, I'm not the, I don't need to it's be just the subtle secretary. Satire. Yeah, just subtle yeah, yeah. satire. <laughs> like, I know, I know what'll fix this. this is, Make the guy look super orange. This is also assuming Jesus has a great sense of humor, which I don't remember if he has. No. Because he never really was much of a... You don't think of people, like, like I don't think of Gandhi's humor, although... Yeah, like, you know, you don't really think of the great leaders as having a great sense of humor. I don't remember any passages in the Bible where it says, um, you know, something, something, Mm -hmm. and then Jesus laughed. No, those are all in the Old Testament. (laughs) Those are all in the Old Testament. Where they laugh? Because they're Jews. Oh, oh, and they laughed. Yeah. Like laughed, not left. Oh, right. Because the Jews had to leave. Yes. But I don't know if they laughed. I mean, parting the Red Sea is a pretty good joke. Yeah, yeah. You mean like afterwards? Like, haha, we got them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we got away. If, yeah, because then it drowns them. It's like it's dark humor, but it's 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 very dark yeah. humor. Yeah. But enough talk. <laughs> enough talk about the Christians and the Jews. Let's talk about Otsko. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so, when was your first kind of comedy awakening? Like the first time I sort of made someone chuckle or something. The or the first. Well, the. F- the first time that you realized, oh, this could be a path for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I don't, because there's always like little, um, like, uh, what is it? Not roadblocks. It's the opposite. Like little tiny humps you get over mm-hmm. and you, you always think, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the right path for me. But then there's always like another bigger thing. That I have to overcome. Do you remember so, what the first one was? First one, I wonder. I wonder if it's. I mean, the first time making people laugh on stage is a pretty big, you know, um, not obstacle, but it's it, it feels so good that you do kind of think you can do Did it. Did you have any of that when you were in school, or was it in school w- afterwards? For, yeah, in school as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with my family. My family, they're not emotive they're not very emo they don't emote much they don't laugh well that's not entirely true because my grandma does uh, right because on your social media presence Mm -hmm. you often include family members to hilarious effect thank you well it's just my mom and grandma my Mm -hmm. mom does a little more reluctantly my grandma's into it yeah she's very into it but the rest of my family is very just serious. Mm-hmm. Even when we eat, though, my grandma will just come form and not laugh or talk, be animated at all. I don't know what happens when dinner comes. I don't know. If it, like, yeah, so I, I always try to make people laugh at the family table and stuff. That's kind of where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but when it comes to, when it comes to like, oh, maybe I can 
keep doing this mm-hmm. you know i think you know honestly every time i make people laugh I, i'm surprised <laughs> and then yeah i don't know if it was like opening for margaret cho maybe okay maybe when did that happen that was maybe not that i mean not that long ago 2015 or something okay yeah how did you get that gig well so i ran i co-founded an all asian mostly female stand-up group called disoriented mm-hmm. um with jenny yang and yola lu and then Dilo came on as well later on but um yeah when we were doing that we were kind of trying to make space for ourselves to sort of do comedy try to serve like a underserved market you know asian americans don't didn't always go to comedy shows um if you notice <laughs> i don't know if you've noticed I'm not just saying this to like it's not supposed to no, be a stereotype or anything. To think about in the audience the Asian faces. I guess. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, and it's because well, yeah. East Asian versus South Asian, or. And yeah, I, I would say like almost equally both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you wouldn't necessarily see them at comedy shows. And a lot of it at first when we were kind of trying to figure out why was because, you know, for the longest time, especially like in the 90s and early 2000s, like they were kind of the butt of the joke if, you know, Mm. if they were in the front, right? whether it's like the comedian talking to them or if comedians had jokes, they were kind of just like, you know, whether it's like Asian guys have small dicks or they they drive bad or like I have a friend who helps me with my homework or something. It was just very basic, you know, jokes how they used to be. Right. You weren't the comic relief. You were the the butt of the joke. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were like, well, what if we just like form a group so the audience can feel like um, their stories are kind of being told? Okay. So when was, when did you form Disoriented? In 20, in 2012. Mm -hmm. And then we started toying with it. And then, you know, we were sort of like, um, I guess kind of newer comics mm-hmm. being like, yeah, like what can we do to sort of like expand the landscape of comedy and the communities that haven't been served or going to comedy shows or laughing, you know, in public. And then and then we were like, well, since we have an all Asian, mostly female stand up tour, like wouldn't it be a dream to one day have Margaret Cho headline because she kind of did start it all for right. us. Um, and then she did headline our um, show. And then um, she saw me there, and then she had me open for her. How easy or difficult was it to find venues in the beginning? Um, it wasn't that hard because uh, there are theaters and venues that have been serving these communities okay. for a long time. Um, Just not in a stand-up comedy Not way. in a stand-up way, yeah. Okay, totally. so you're using existing theater spaces... Yeah, we were, you know, we were going to Little Tokyo. <laughs> it's very, you know, how fitting. But, yeah, that's where we started mm-hmm. um, our show. Okay. was at the East West Players in Little Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very serious. Very serious stuff. But, you know, that's, yeah. I think, and then, so when I was like, oh, my God, I'm opening for Margaret Cho. The, mm-hmm. she, she's the first ever stand-up comic I ever saw in a DVD. It just felt like kind of a full circle. And then I was like, let's propel this further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, I've talked to a number of comedians who are children of immigrants and almost universally 
they talk about having to have comedy be like the secret plan. <laughs> like, yeah, because because your parents or your grandparents like wanted you to have a very specific kind of American dream, mm-hmm. and telling That's jokes so wasn't that right. So you had to have like a cover story. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, my family had a cover story for mm-hmm. me. So I feel like they didn't care that I had this plan. Okay. They were just telling people. What were they, they telling people? They had a secret plan. My mom and grandma lied to me about coming here. <laughs> you know what I mean? They what did, told what, me. What did they say? They said we were coming here for a two-month vacation. <laughs> and then we overstayed our tourist visas okay. by seven years. So we were undocumented for seven years. So they had this secret How plan. How old were you when? I came here know. when I was 10. Okay. And then I didn't know what being undocumented meant. Right. Because... I don't know. You're, as a kid. Yeah, you're just going to school and living your life. It felt, I f- it felt, it all felt legal <laughs> because, I, you know, I was just, yeah, I was able to go to public school. Mm-hmm. I was able to have friends. You know, there wasn't like right. an I- ICE officer. Yeah, nobody's asking you for your paperwork. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing quote unquote normal things. Um, I just, for some you reason. You weren't twerking in school. I wasn't twerking. That, now that would be illegal, you know. <laughs> At at ten, yeah. Wait till you're thirteen, you know. Uh, no, wait until your you're eighteen, please. Wait till you're eighteen. Uh, I think it's okay if it's like amongst people of your your own age, maybe. Like, so As a newspaper reporter, I remember <laughs> I remember going with a photographer to this underage dance hall for like an expose, and yeah, and even like being in my thirties and watching these, 16, <laughs> I was like, this is criminal. <laughs> I don't have kids, but I feel like I should be stopping this all right now. So, yeah, no respect, respect. Yeah, no. yeah, as they would say. Okay, so you're so you're just being what you think is just having a regular kid life in regular in America. kid life. Yeah, and then uh, you know when did you find when did you realize that you guys were well, living there, on the edge? There were hints. There were hints like I couldn't leave the U.S. to go back to Japan to right. visit my other family or f- friends mm-hmm. if I wanted to come back in, for right. example. Um, I didn't know why. I didn't know law stuff, you know? I, so um, I didn't know how paperwork worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how visas worked. And so it was – I think when, when I was 17 and all my friends were getting driver's licenses – I told my grandma, I want to test for that, too. Right. Everyone's starting to drive. You need a social security number to do that um, at the time. And so she she just kind of was like, you just don't have the right paperwork for all this. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, we've been here illegally for seven years. <laughs> okay, grandma, thank you so much. Uh, so, yeah, she had this secret that she was, you know, mm-hmm. kind of keeping so when I came out with wanting to do comedy, it just didn't feel so crazy to them. Does that sure. make sense? Right. And there was there was like a bigger problem we were dealing with. <laughs> that they were like jokes. Sure, why not? How how would you compare um, assimilating uh, into America, like becoming a full fledged American citizen, with yeah. assimilating into the comedy club scene? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I'm still. Doing both. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. We definitely have to assimilate into America first mm-hmm. before you can assimilate into the comedy scene. There, I will suggest There are plenty it. of like immigrants who are bouncing around. 
For sure. Get in club spots? For sure, but you have to know the culture mm-hmm. to be able to talk about it. Okay. A little bit, at least. You know what I like mean? Like, I think of, like, that, the Finnish guy, Ismo. Yeah, for sure. But he uh, observed first, mm-hmm. right? He's observing American culture, mm-hmm. taking it in, and then he's talking about it, right? Like, right. Um, I mean, it's still, like, what is... Like, it's a lot of what-isms. Like, what is sure. this? So what is this? Wouldn't it be like this? Um, but, it, yeah, it's wordplay that I really like his stuff. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I, w- I would suggest, this is just a suggestion, mm-hmm. that if you're freshly new to the States and you want to be a comedian, that you, you observe American culture first before you talk about it. Right. Or else I don't, I mean, I guess you could talk about <laughs> life back home. For a long time, but you. I'm, la- I'm laughing because <laughs> I think of how many uh, "quote unquote" American comedians have no qualms at all making the broadest generalizations <laughs> about the rest of the world. That's very true. Without ever having been to any of those places. That's very true. Yeah, but you know, we can't name those jokes now, can we? Mm. Can you think of like a joke where oh. someone made a generalized joke about another country and it was good and true? Oh. Well, there's Jeff Dunham. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't have to be true. I don't true. think Jose Jalapeno on a stick. I don't think he's... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right. It doesn't um, have to be true. Yeah. I mean, at least that's my truth, is that it worked for me mm-hmm. better that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, you know, the reason I asked you about like a comedy awakening is because you've for the last couple of years, you've had... Uh, this live show, which is also a podcast, Let's Go Atsuko, mm-hmm. which is a play on like how woke mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. as comedians. <laughs> yeah, or or maybe not woke. Right. And also the idea of like, what is that? Right. I think I not, I have to figure out how to like maybe rename the show because I don't want it to seem like we're the orbiter mm-hmm. of is that the word orbiter arbiter arbiter thank you right. so much see like I learn new words all the time still still learning the language uh, but well yeah, people I, are still learning how to say your name yeah but you know that's that's very true yeah that's very true sometimes I get confused I, like I'll wake up and I'll think it's my name is pronounced differently because mm-hmm. i've heard it different ways me too <laughs> me also you're like is it seen i'm seen no i with oh. um <laughs> actually well with with when i get a lift or an uber i mostly get lift but yeah. when i get a lift uh, more often than not the lift driver when i get in he'll go say on oh, okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. And i'll go oh yeah you're an immigrant <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah totally yeah because yeah, you just look at it and see s-e-a-n and you're like uh say on it works both ways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. no one told us EA would make the That's, ah Right. Sound. It's an Irish thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so Atsuko. Mm-hmm. From it's Atsuko, not an Irish Atsuko. thing. It's not an Irish. Yeah. Right. Astugi. I've heard weird versions where they added the letter. Like I would just G. tell people, for your full name, just think of it as a palindrome. Yeah. But it's not, right? So they it's get confused. Close, yeah. It's close. <laughs> yeah, it's close, It's but it's quite not. So then they get extra confused, because I've tried that before. You have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're like, yeah, but it's not. I'm like, okay. Well, what, in, what interests you, though, about um, the concept of wokeness oh, yeah. in comedy? Well, because I'm kind of in this middle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as an immigrant, um, you know, 
and someone who cares about like social issues, right? Like I, um, I want the world to sort of treat each other kindly and sort of also be able to laugh during really hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, there's that, there's that part of me that cares about social issues, which some would call that woke. Right. But then I'm also like this immigrant that's, you know, sometimes I get English words wrong, like mm-hmm. arbiter or orbiter still. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sometimes being, um, politically correct with words is hard for me. So sometimes I will say things that still upset, people that i care about right does that make sense and you don't realize you're doing it well i do because they call me out (laughs) so i'm like in this middle right Mm -hmm. where it's like i i um so sometimes you're like a white grandmother i'm like a white grandma yeah you don't realize you're saying the wrong thing yeah there you go see i went from young young immigrant to you know boomer (laughs) so fast yeah yeah so you know so i feel like you know i'm in this middle space where I kind of see sort of both sides, like uh, my grandma especially, right, has a hard time with trying to, you know, um, stay with the times, right, mm-hmm. and make sure, you know, uh, like getting pronouns right and stuff. That's very difficult for her when she already calls everyone it. You know what I mean? Or he. Mm-hmm. Like she has, she has a hard time being like she and he even, Okay. you know? Um, so um, so it, it's this middle ground that I live in with what being woke is and so some of our games that we play are even kind of like poking fun at the idea of like what is you know what is correct necessarily that's why i'm the silly you know uh decider of like what's right or wrong in the trivia and it's mostly about like adulting stuff anyway does that make sense right it's quote unquote what what is common courtesy what is common courtesy? What is common courtesy in 2020 versus right? What you grew up thinking and it's was stuff the right that, thing. And the answer is always absurd mm-hmm. and weird because what is that? Who made these up anyway? You know. Well, that's what I love about your show, especially you know as someone who writes about comedy and has been following comedy for a while. Watching in the last few years how online there's a huge debate about whether comedians are saying the right things or not. And Mm -hmm. if they don't say the right things, should they be punished? Mm -hmm. Because they didn't used to be. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But before that, they did. We don't have a, (laughs) we still don't have an Oscars host because of the last um, thing that happened. Yeah, but then you have Steve Martin and Chris Rock joking about the fact that there's not an Oscar. Yeah, totally. So but that was sort great. of they're pseudo hosting. Yeah, for yeah, two joking seconds. about that there's not a host. Totally, totally. Which was uh, uh, great, but then yeah. I was still confused because I was like, "Wait, we still have no host," because <laughs> they went away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow. But is that? I mean, is that a legitimate thing, or are you showing through Let's Go Atsuko that it's all kind of a farce? Yeah, I In think terms you got to what, what do we even how do we know what's correct? <laughs> you got yeah, you got to kind of take it as it goes mm-hmm. is kind of like I think through games I was like this is a good way to show that because there's losers and winners in games mm-hmm. in game playing games and at the end of the day like you still feel like weird if you won my game show <laughs> and you still feel not that bad when if you lose. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? 
<laughs> so it's this thing where it's like you did things correctly, so right. and so. So nobody you really the... wins and nobody really loses. Yeah, uh, but at the end of the day, you were on this crazy game show that you know. So it's kind of like maybe like whether it's like social media, life is this weird like game that we have to play, you know, one by one. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing this uh, like a kinder, weirder version of like the the person who decides mm-hmm. what's quote-unquote pc or not for the most part i mean my baseline is yeah like you know you know where i stand for the most part but i'm not going to hit it over the head mm-hmm. like you know who i would not vote for and things like that but i'm not going to talk about that because you know right. you just know i think by looking at me and you know you know the kinds of words i'm not going to use in my stand-up mm-hmm I won't use slurs and stuff, racial slurs and stuff, but I don't need to talk about that because you already know that about me. So let's like make it even weirder, you know, <laughs> like when is it okay to um, not open the door for someone, mm-hmm. you know, let's figure that out. Yeah. And there's n- not really a right answer for that too. Um, you know, I asked you before about assimilating into the clubs. It seems as though... Like, the first time I saw you live was a few years ago when I was out here visiting, and I saw you at Meltdown, which is no longer a venue. Oh, yeah. Um, But I don't know that I see you on the list. And you have the regular show at Dynasty Typewriter, Mm -hmm. which is a nice, more of a theater space. Mm -hmm. Do you get many club spots? Like comedy clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is Meltdown even considered a comedy club? I mean, it was... Yeah, a hybrid of one, it, but it hybrid wasn't like say the Laugh Factory or the Comedy Store, or the right. Improv. Yeah, I get booked more on hybrid places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hybrid places, I the Improv more too, but mm-hmm. because like it's like independent producers that are sort of like running like within a similar circle that I do. Um, people who were trying to create spaces for other people, like Marcella's show, mm-hmm. Marcella Aguero. Right, that's, that was the show that I saw yet. Meltdown was her show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Women, Women Crush Oh, Wednesdays. I remember exactly the same. That I remember exactly the set I did that night. I, I don't know why. It's so weird that that was the one you were at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really, really sick that oh. day, too. I remember. Yeah, I think you, you talked about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm asking because, you know, you mentioned when you started disoriented with other Asian women in comedy, like it was because you didn't really have spaces and you wanted, but you also didn't have the audience and you wanted to teach the audience what you could do as a comedian, but you were going to, to like theaters in little Tokyo mm-hmm. eight years later. Do you feel like it matters where, where you're performing? Hmm. Yeah. You mean to sort of like, for you to matter, is that what you mean? Yeah, for you, yeah, to be a successful comedian, yeah. in twenty twenty, doesn't matter where, what clubs you're getting booked at, and yeah, what shows you're doing. I guess it depends on where you're trying to end up, mm-hmm. right? Like, I guess career wise, it depends on where, like, if you're wanting to be like a internationally known headliner, mm-hmm. like Amy Schumer or something. And, or even someone who's more just focused on stand up, mm-hmm. and that's what you want to do, like headline internationally, sell out, 
big spaces. Right. Um, or if, say you want to be the next Margaret Cho. You want to be the next Margaret Cho. Yeah, I mean, you would you would have to do comedy clubs and be relatable there too, for sure, for sure. That's a big, big um, must, I think. As well as doing, you know, these hybrid spaces. Mm-hmm. The hybrid spaces, um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of maybe club comedians use hybrid spaces as like an open mic or something. I don't know. That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of awesome hybrid spaces, but I think, yeah, I think the ultimate goal is like you want to be doing comedy clubs as well. Um, just the just playing comedy clubs, the process is a little different than the hybrid spaces, you know. So there's um, more of a gatekeeper process to those spaces. Right. And so, um, yeah, it depends on like what you can afford to do with your hustle. Like if you're married like me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, but more and more, like I think comedy club owners and people who pass people, quote unquote, right, right. so that they get like a, a regular spot at the comedy clubs. Um, they've sort of started changing their ways too. So it depends on where you want to end up, and also like how the gatekeepers change. You know, if they just sit at the comedy club, comedy club, and that's the only place they'll see comedians, they might never see you if you never come, right? Mm-hmm. If you never go and line up, right? Because, like, for example, the Laugh Factory, to even be considered, you have to line up at the open mic. You might not even be chosen to do, like, three minutes. That's kind of your audition even process. Still. Even still, but more and more, like, mm-hmm. now you can just, like, email the booker, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to change things as as they started noticing wait we keep having the same people on our shows it's always like the same 20 people we rotate right why is that and sometimes that creates a thing where it's like weird all the flyers are all dudes you know what i mean why is that oh it's because we're not like looking outside of our comedy club to see what other talent there there are that have been busting their ass elsewhere we just don't leave the comforts of a comedy club. And so, you know, as that changes and, um, yeah, as, as that changes, the, the, the process of finding comedians or looking for talent, I think, um, you know, the comedy clubs spaces will change too, which will then change (sighs) the journey of Mm -hmm. a comedian, I guess. This is maybe not what you were asking. Well, how, how important, how important do you think it would be to have like someone like you on those posters in terms of getting back to one of your early points, the fact that Asian people might not think of going to comedy shows? Yeah. But if they see you on the poster, do you think how Yeah. Do you think that like pushes the moves the needle on that? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want to name places, but there was I'm not asking you to. Okay, there was a friend who was running like an all-Asian show at Mm -hmm. a comedy club space and was kind of regularly sold out to Asian communities Mm -hmm. because they were excited to see, like, it's their night out and they get to see comedians who might, like, you know, have some... Who look like them and talk about... Yeah, maybe some crossover. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't... I don't always talk about being Asian, you know, but crossover. Also, just being stoked to support someone like that, you know? Like... That looks like you're whatever. Um, and uh, that was happening at a comedy club. But then, you know, more and more, the the club wanted to try to expand their audience, even though 
they were selling out. Um, like, you know, we don't want it to be just Asians this night. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and they also, so they were like, can we put in some headliners onto the shows? And then it would be, you know, not an Asian person, <laughs> like mm -hmm. a white guy. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly there were two, and mm -hmm. then there were three, there were four. And then it's like, oh, it's an all Asian comedy show, but just a host and one other comedian is Asian. You know, that that's right. actually what happened. Oh, wow. And then the show came to an end. Right. So, it's um, tough to <laughs> yeah. keep that going. Right. It's tough to keep that. You can't call it an Asian night if like only the host is Asian. You know? <laughs> right? Then that's... Right. Um, yeah, then that you're just being ironic or something, right. which is funny. You could do that, but if it was like supposed to be funny, right? Well, like your show, <laughs> your show is influenced by Japanese game shows, but it's not a Japanese game show. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what I should call it. Let's go, let's go. Not a Japanese game <laughs> show, but that's for hmm. later. How um, how important is your social media presence? How important is to your it? career <laughs> to to careers in general? Yeah, I mean, I think you should be you should try to be on there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you should try to like interact um, with current events and mm -hmm. with your peers on there. Um, How would you describe your presence on social media? You know, it's where I get to also explore like other things that I like to do, like dancing mm -hmm. and like sort of like a family bits i guess right that you know just talking on stage necessarily you won't be able to see that i'm kind of an open book so i like sharing things on online for people mm -hmm. and i love the people on there the people that interact with me you know they're 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 so kind and supportive they they come out to my shows mm -hmm. they check in with How's your grandma? You know, is your grandma right. okay? I, I saw that she's in a wheelchair in this one video. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I take pride in, you know, like, I try to give, uh, like, put out kindness on social media. Uh, you know, there's jokes in there, too. Sometimes it's, like, whatever, edgy or whatever, dark, you know, whatever people want to call it. But for the most part, I take pride in the fact that, like, my fans are so kind, too. And so I want to give that back to them and keep growing, you know, a network of people who like to laugh at things and mm -hmm. be weird. I, a lot of like weirdos and, you know, outsiders follow me. I mean, they might be like, Hey, that's, I thought I, I, I'm a programmer. Like, don't call me that, mm -hmm. but I'm going to call you a weirdo because mm -hmm. like you follow me and, <laughs> and you have weird ways of thinking. I've seen your comments <laughs> and, and I think it's awesome. I think mm -hmm. it's awesome. I take pride in that. You know, like um, I don't, I don't rally bullies, mm -hmm. people who will uh, attack someone or something. If you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why I said that's just a, a light boast. I think it's because some like personalities I've seen that their followers do bully others, oh. and I'm just like, should a comedian be judged by their followers not necessarily but like you do have to wonder if that's your fan base why you know if it's like trolls mm. but i i take pride in the fact that my my fans are very um kind people yeah that's not what you were asking again 
social media presence. Yeah. It's important. And uh, But the way that you use it, too, because, you know, some people use it to just promote shows. Some people use it to as if they're doing a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week live TV show. Yeah, yeah, totally. Your, your presence is more um, random slices of life. Mm-hmm. Or like performance art where, you know, you might be standing on a chair twerking next to your grandmother. Right. Yeah. Thank you for calling that art, you know? <laughs> well, where it's just like, you know, you're scrolling through and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, wait, why is the whole family standing in the garage? What's happening? Which is an homage. And, and everybody has to, like different facial expressions. So it's like there is some thought going into this. Like, there is. Like, like a piece of art where you're like, okay. There is. This isn't just... Thank you for noticing. No, but honestly, so I did go to art school. But okay. I don't... That's not what came first, art mm-hmm. school. And then I was able to be creative. But my mom and grandma and I lived in my uncle's garage when we were undocumented. Okay. And so when I do garage videos where we're free and dancing, it's kind of like... Kind of a oh. homage to that. Where it's like, look at us now. Right. Yeah. We're citizens now. We're American citizens. We started citizens in the garage. Now. now we're here. Now we're like in the garage. having fun in the garage. Yeah. Not and hiding in, in a the garage. garage that, my, that belongs to my grandma, not someone else. Right. She owns that house. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of cool. That's the American dream. It's the American dream. You get to twerk mm-hmm. in your garage. A garage that you own. And fucking post it on Instagram where maybe people didn't even want to see it. You mm-hmm. know, that's the dream. <laughs> so, uh, was, what does success look like for you now? I know you've had, you've put out an hour special before that was on Hulu for a while. That's as part right. of like the Asian invade, like it was a series called Asian invasion. Comedy invasion. Comedy invasion. <laughs> yeah. But I, I knew I had to play on the word Asian. I didn't name it. I didn't name it. But right. yeah, it was like a. I don't think it's on Hulu now, but it was for a while. Right, they only had like a one-year deal or something. The production company that sort of approached me about it. Um, yeah. But so. then you put out an album this year in mm-hmm. 2020, mm-hmm. but you decided not to do a video component for that, just audio only. This is just yeah, just. The so album. what does success look like for you? Um, where video and audio go together. <laughs> And again, and uh, I'm able to do an hour where Mm -hmm. there's a video component to it, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's not, you know, and, you know, I have, I get super excited. I I love talking to people and I love stand up, but I also love sort of like being silly with other people and highlighting other people at the same time we can play. So what is that? That's a, I guess that's a, that's a host, you Mm -hmm. know? So like a sort of talk show type. Now this is just a dream, Mm -hmm. but that would be like, Oh wow. This is, you know, it is a dream of mine to be sort of. So whether, whether you turn let's go Osco into an actual TV show or some other talk right. show or game show where you're hosting yeah 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 that would be that would be awesome because i like to play that too. would be truly living the dream for you yeah and like like a late night talk show you, mm-hmm. the host gets to showcase their other talents right. too and be playful they play games right mm-hmm. they they dance mm-hmm. right they sing mm-hmm. you know that that's that's what i would want to do it's kind of yeah it's that's what it is a late night talk show is like the host um you know 
Oh, it's like their mini one person show with guests. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, Jimmy Fallon dances and sings. You know, he, he showcases that. James Corden does mm-hmm. too. And so, you know, since I ha- like doing those things and, you know, I have training in dance. <laughs> you know, I want to showcase that because I can't in just stand up usually. Mm-hmm. I can't. You can't just start dancing. And it's not stand up. Right. Then there's clowning. But, mm-hmm. you know, we won't get into no, that. Not, not Do you want to get into count clowning? No. <laughs> <laughs> not on this podcast. Okay, thank God. Yeah. Uh, as a as a former professional clown, I would. Oh, rather, were you a yeah. clown? Yeah. You were. Uh-huh. What did you did you study with like the Dr. Brown? No, oh, okay. no, I was. Okay. Just high. I was hired by this uh, local company when I lived in Seattle. Oh, nice. But they, but you had to go through rigorous training where they taught you, right? Makeup and they taught you, yeah, how to make your own costume and they taught you the magic tricks and they taught you. Yeah. How to deal with kids. and Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were being built to I was more of a, like the an old fashioned, yeah, as an old fashioned clown. No. Yeah. Yeah. The workforce, yeah, yeah. entertain mm-hmm. kids, yeah. parties, birthday parties, yeah. company picnics. Yeah. 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 I respect that. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Because clowning these days is a little different. Right. It's more theatrical. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, anyhow, right. that's, I mean, that's where I'll Some people on. would think twerking is a form of clowning. Yeah, you mean like the theatrical clowning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess so, huh? I guess so. Yeah. Someone was telling me clowning, because I don't know if I get it. Mm-hmm. Just to be honest, I don't think I get it. I've, uh, like exactly where... You like wouldn't what? be the orbiter of clowning? No, not at all. <laughs> don't, don't trust what I say or what I think about it. But, you know, at first I was mm-hmm. like, what is it, the training behind it? What are they trying to do? You know, and um, now that I know, I guess I can make the connection of right. that, that. They're just trying to provoke a response. Provoke a but, response, but also know, like, you, I guess you have to know what your character is. Right. Even if that's not the character you're playing. And um, I think mine would be like a art gallery owner. Ah. I think that would be my character in the clowning mm-hmm. world, art gallery owner. But so if I if I'm twerking, I'm doing it as an art gallery right. owner. Does that make sense? It makes complete. What total would you sense. be? What's your character? Mm. I don't know what my character. I guess is. usually people, other people, help you kind of figure it out. Right. So I'm gonna try to help you figure that out right now. Oh, right now. Just like based on. I would say like, you know, um, like a, a, a extreme hiking tour guide, <laughs> you know, like a, mm-hmm. yeah, professional, like a backpacker, you've traveled the world. Okay. So that's your character. Okay. Yeah. Even if you're on stage mm-hmm. um, and while you're clowning, you're just like in the scene, you're just cooking for a dinner party. That's you're a, you're a backpacker. That's, that's where you come from. Right. And I think that gives you enough motivation. I'm excited to live this new life. Yeah, no. <clears throat> Think about what, it. What advice, uh, to close this out, what advice would you give to a younger comic who's at that point that you were at back in 2012 mm-hmm. and you realize you needed to start your own group? Oh, yeah. What would you give, what advice would you give to that person who's trying to do that, who's at that point in their life and career now? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're trying to s- make space for their yeah. own How would you stuff. do that now in 2020? Well, 2020, you know, you're, you're a, 
you have more spaces like that now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, this is super technical, but I would just say, like, be careful <laughs> if you want to sp- start your own space because you don't want to get stuck being seen as just a producer. Okay. That's right. something that I think comedians sometimes struggle with is, um, you know, if you st- if you book your own shows, if you start your own show, there's a lot of technical stuff that goes into doing that, that you just, you're you're like making flyers and... <laughs> You're setting up event brights and right. ticketing prices and, and promotion and booking the talent and also thinking about your set at the same right. time. It's a lot more than just the 15-minute, 20-minute set you're going to do. Yes, running around, making sure the, ta- the day of the show, running around, making mm. sure the talent's there on time. What time do you want the light? Okay, and so, you know. You've got to get people to come, too. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that you might, you know. Um, and some people have figured out they're better producers and have quit comedy and just done, you know, more behind the scenes of mm-hmm. comedy. And that's fine, too. But just, um, you know, m- like you can look for spaces now. There are plenty of shows and communities um, that you can look into, like trying to join instead of starting your own. Ooh, I just said don't do it. <laughs> But kind of, yeah. Or if you do, get yourself a spouse to take care of all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you know, who knows? I don't. That's not always worked out. So. Oh. Well, that's 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 talk for another podcast. Last This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.